welcome back to the Amplified Word, brought to you by Christ Episcopal Church in Dayton, Ohio. It's a conversation and a deeper look at the lessons for the upcoming Sunday from the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney. We invite you to come along as we lift up the women of the Word. Today's readings come from Susanna, 31 through 44, Psalm 34, verses 1 through 9, Titus, chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, and the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. In today's readings, we hear a story that we might find totally unfamiliar, Susanna, and one that we know very well about Joseph's revelation regarding Mary and the baby that she's pregnant with. Both of these are instances that highlight bold trust in God, despite many reasons to fear or doubt, and a continued faithfulness of women and of those that they inspire through their witness. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Amplified Word, where we're looking at the the lectionary provided by Will Gaffney, a woman's lectionary for the whole church that we're using here at Christ Episcopal Church for this church year. I'm the Reverend Peter Holmeyer, the rector here at Christ Episcopal Church. And I'm Mary Jane Plody, the program's assistant. I hope you've been joining us not only for these podcasts, but in person. There's some really incredible pieces that can only really be experienced in person that relate to women's storytelling that have gone up in the nave. And we're in the final week of offering guest preachers who are all women, lifting up women's voices and women's story as part of this season of expectation and waiting for the coming of God among us, the breaking in of the light that we'll talk about an epiphany of new hope and new promise in a world that hasn't offered it that way before. Mm -hmm. This, of course, is the generative work of God that God is always about and that we're hoping through this work together to be assisting God in Mm -hmm. just at least a little bit. Today, rather, we want to spend a little time talking about a couple of the readings. And again, I hope you're finding other ways to hear these as well. But there's one in particular that is a story most people haven't heard before, mm-hmm. the story of Susanna. And this is, this is associated with the book of Daniel. What did you hear in this story? What was going on here in this story this week, Mary Jane? Oh, well, Susanna's story is so complex and rich. And I say that as the person who is preaching on this. Um, uh, now that you bring that up. Don't show your cards. No, no, no. This Sunday. is a uh, top secret stuff that I'll hold on to until Sunday. But there's so much devotedness. Um, Susanna Mm -hmm. is so devoted, so faithful, but yet there's this shame and this um, risk. Risk, yes. That I I see in her story um, that might get brushed over, right? Especially if you're lumping this into the story of Daniel. Right. You sort of 
brush over what exactly Susanna's um, risk and difficult decisions and such are. And, and so I just think it's really cool to have a story like this in Advent because we've been talking so much, not just on the podcast, but in everything we're doing about these stories that challenge us, these stories that inspire us. And some of them, they are a little more sad, a little more painful. And and I think this might be one of those. Yeah, you know, we're organisms. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the things I appreciate about biology is one of the descriptions of living organisms is that they have the capacity to move themselves away from things that hurt them. And what we've got here through the Susanna story and the gospel, and I want to uh, make sure we're underlining what actually happens in the Susanna story yeah. here. It would be easy to not want to learn the lessons that are in here because they're painful. They hurt. Mm-hmm. What we have here is that it is very dangerous and risky to be a woman, particularly in a world which turns you into nothing more than an object for sexual reproductive mm-hmm. uses. We're going to talk a little bit in the second half about, unfortunately, we're carrying the legacy around of that just as clearly today yeah. as they are in the text. But why do I say that? Well, the Susanna right. story gives the example of we have a very faithful woman who's married and lives in a very sort of stable world, but outside forces, two men start to objectify her. And in the process of doing that, they want to use her for their own desires. When she rebuffs them, their response to that is to try to punish her (laughs) to the extent of even taking her life. That's the risk. By calling her out, which the text does, in a way that they are lying, they are being dishonest, They, they... Name her as a someone who is an unfaithful wife, and the implications of that are that she will be struck dead. Right, she's adulterous. And we have really, it's not as clear in the gospel text if you don't know what you're reading, but that's the risk to the mother of God mm-hmm. in our story as well. For Joseph is not the father, the biological father of the baby Jesus. And for the people at that time, I don't think it comes with some kind of a seal on it that says, you know, um, direct from the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) It would be unclear to them who the father was, only that it's not Joseph, and that's the only person it can be. And that opens up a big risk. It's like the ground falling out from underneath both of these women. Um. And I think that one of the things Gaffney wants us to be imagining and thinking about is that this kind of risk that we associate with procreation, and it's not the risk of actually giving birth, it's a risk of who's permitted to give birth and to whom and where did the baby come from, Mm -hmm. are particularly risks that women bear and women who are marginalized. This reading, you also get 
I'm speaking specifically about Susanna, this story, you have so much shame, right? There's so much shame wrapped up in this. Be the kind of shame that would lead to a, uh, being stoned to death, being put to death, right? Like you should be so ashamed, so full of your shame and your wrongdoing um, that we will kill you. Um, well, it's criminalized. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's culturally it's absolutely become, it's become criminalized. Against right? the law, right? Mm -hmm. It's not simply internal. No, shame. no, no. It is societal that is now law. Right. Um, and the, again, the wild thing here is that it's not even true. Right. This is a, a lie. This is men who didn't get what they wanted, um, which was presumably to lie with her, to, um, you know, use her as they wanted. And she did not let them. And then they lie to punish her and to have her put to death. Um, and it's not even true. It's it's just, this story is just mind boggling, Peter, because you just get caught up in like, this is a dark story. This is not a great example of people. Well, Advent is supposed to be a season of darkness. And of course, in the Northern <laughs> Hemisphere, we're just we're like, about yeah, that at the works. shortest day of the year here. So these things tie together. And, you, you know, the... To really see the light, you have to pass through you the dark. You have to pass through. And, yeah. But also not to use that as a way to diminish what's happening in the dark, knowing the light's coming. Mm -hmm. That's one of the other it's dangers. A risk in this. Yeah. A risk that's, that's right mm -hmm. in the text. But I think that um, how this, of course, these are very important holy stories right before the birth of Jesus and about holy people and faithful people in the story of Susanna. But I think the question I'd like to ask, maybe we can just leave this question, I think we're going to get into it in the second it, yeah. half here, is when it comes to our bodies, who ultimately should have the say in whether what's being done with them fits within God's expectations and desires for us? The yeah. person who's been impacted or the larger society and culture around them? We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back uh, from the break. As we are unpacking some of these stories for Advent 4, the story of Susanna, and the gospel reading, which is the story of Joseph making a big decision um, right. about what he's going to do with, with Mary, who is pregnant, not by him. Peter, you posed a question before the break of, of who ultimately should get to decide what happens with their bodies, literally. We have yeah. this physical body that's part of this story. Um a person who will carry the burden and, and bear the direct impact or this larger um, conglomerate. And I guess I'd like to turn that question back to you. Thanks. I think that, of course, I did have something in mind when I asked yeah. that question. 
You know, it would be a very odd show if I just had some empty space after opening a question. Though like it could that. be interesting. <laughs> Not for the listener, but for us as we sit here in silence. Right. It would be a much more meditative podcast. <laughs> we probably need something behind it there, maybe some sort Switch of... Switch genres. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to change our genres uh, midstream here. Mm-hmm. What I'm wanting us to, myself to remember, what I'm hoping this whole series will do is not only illuminate the past, for that is in itself not ultimately what God is asking us. God Mm. is asking us to illuminate our now. This is the space of intersection and interaction with God is the, the holy now, the moment that we live in. And I've raised this question up because this is not a question about life 2,000 years ago. Right. This is a question about who ultimately makes decisions about our bodies now. And this is not a hypothetical question. Right now, we are right in an age where Roe versus Wade has just been overturned. Mm-hmm. And in the question of Roe versus Wade, that, that rise raises up lies exactly this question that I just asked. Right. Are we going to criminalize those who don't follow societal standards when it comes to their bodies and sex? Mm-hmm. Are we going to punish them right. if they don't follow them? Because certainly not having legalized abortion creates maybe not quite as profound a risk, but maybe higher in some ways Yes. for the women who then have to bear the children, mm-hmm. the risks that can be associated with complicated pregnancies. In addition, the choices that are left open to those women mm-hmm. are vastly reduced by those who live outside of their bodies. And that seems to be, at least when you look at it, questions that are being made around. So it's dangerous. Yes. It's still dangerous to be a woman. It's still dangerous mm-hmm. to have a baby out of wedlock. It's physically dangerous. It's yes. emotionally challenging, right? It's socially more accepted than it was, but creates all kinds of risk. And we continue to wanting to codify that inside our interactions with each other. Right. I don't know if you've had any experiences with this yourself, Mary Jane. I'm not. What's your experience? How you make sense out of that? Yeah, I think the 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 risk is so high, right? And um, you named so many important elements of this conversation, which is someone else's expectations, someone else's standards, um, becoming maybe a cultural norm. That's one thing. Right. But becoming codified in law is another. Um, And part of that is, you know, as our our story here in the gospel is, is being pregnant out of wedlock. Um, The risk involved in that. not only socially, but physically. Um, And I want to touch on a a very specific risk that I think often gets overlooked in in our conversations as a society, which is the biological, physical health risk of um, maternal mortality. And this is a 
womanist lectionary. And so I really want to emphasize one thing here, and that is Black women, um, women of color, have a higher maternal mortality rate in the United States of America than white women. Right. Um, for non-Hispanic Black women in 2020, it was 55.3 deaths per 100,000 live births, which is 2.9 times the rate for a non-Hispanic white woman. Right, almost three times higher. Almost three times higher. It's almost three times riskier to be a black woman giving birth in this country than a white woman giving right. birth. And then that doesn't include all of the added risks of your life after birth, right? If you've survived delivery, you now have this child and you're a woman who faces all the more challenges um, of the workforce and society and expenses and all those other elements. Um, the risk is high. The risk is high and we can't deny that. Um, and like you said, we have um, overturned Roe v. Wade and that is a decision that does what these, these men in Susanna um, are trying to do, which is control what a woman does when they don't do something that he likes. That's right. Um, or that they understand or agree with. Um, and pushing women into further and further risky situations. I know we're working on a woman's womanist lectionary here and we're raising up the stories of women. Uh, I believe that for better or for worse, most of our listeners, most of our congregation are folks of privilege. Mm -hmm. um, and so just like to point out a potential place to spend some time of meditation or prayer, and that's around the response of Joseph to what happens here. Yeah. And something to hold on to is really this is the first story with Joseph in it, and we get a sense of where his relationship mm -hmm. to the divine, what that looks like. First of all, he's willing to listen to God's messengers. Now, sometimes we can all have a problem with that, and because uh, you know, divine messengers—guilty hey, as charged—don't bring us Absolutely. the news we want to hear. Again, we don't very need, rarely. We don't need the divine messengers to tell us we're already doing a good job. The world tells us when we're doing that. Mm -hmm. God isn't needed in that space, and and so He's willing to listen, but then He enters a space of support. Right? He enters a space of where it is where he lets go of the judgment mm -hmm. and instead offers what the person who's really at risk needs. Hmm. That's not always so easy. He certainly had his own ideas about what that should look like. He's going to divorce right. her. Yeah, He's going to do it kindly on I'll the do it side. Secretly. Yeah. Secretly. But his own, his own plan is to remove himself from this complicated, challenged, and risky interaction, wash his hands of it, walk away from it. But instead, what he does when he understands what the implications are, is he accepts a role to support rather than to lead. Mm -hmm. 
in supporting rather than leading, at least for folks like myself, speaking as a white man and a mm-hmm. colored priest, is a role that God keeps calling all of us into mm. again right. and again. Yeah. Perhaps part of what we're looking to do as we move towards Christmas here and in a season of darkness and remember the promises made by God and the promises fulfilled in their own time and in their own curious ways is that we have a role of faithfulness which is less about judging and more about listening and supporting. Right. There's a gift that we can't get enough of no matter what you find physically under the tree a week from now. Hmm. Thank you for joining us this week for the Amplified Word. We wish you a merry season and Christmas season ahead and a time of preparation for listening to God in your life. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Amplified Word. To learn more about the Women's Lectionary by Will Gaffney and our year-long formation programs, Women of the Word, we invite you to visit our parish website, DaytonChristEpiscopal.com.